Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this series, I'm interviewing board member candidates, and with me in this segment is Brett Cobble. Brett, how you doing? Good, man. Weather cooled off a little bit, so I'm feeling pretty good today. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and just dive right in, and we'll start with um, just an introduction of yourself, and um, you can kind of use this moment to just yeah, pretty much introduce yourself to anybody that might not know you, and uh, kind of angle it towards um, you know what you're shooting for with uh, a board position. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, my name is Brett Cobble, uh, running for one of the open board positions. Uh, I've been playing dodgeball uh, for 13 or 14 years now. Uh, graduated up to playing elite seven or eight years ago, uh, currently on Arsenal. Uh, just uh, was lucky and fortunate enough to also coach uh, one, a couple of the cloth teams um, for Team USA up in Edmonton. And uh, currently living in Kansas City, uh, previously lived in Los Angeles, uh, and that's Kansas City, Missouri, for anyone that's curious. Nice. Um, it, I have to interject. It, it took me a long time to realize Kansas was actually Missouri. It's Kansas, in both. Kansas City, I mean, yeah, that's so confusing, but. Yeah, it's, a, it's just one big metropolitan area. There is actually a road called State Line Road that is legit, legitimately the uh the border hmm. you and there's there's different liquor laws with kansas and missouri too like uh for the longest time kansas couldn't sell any liquor on sundays so you'd see, just see people walk across the street to missouri liquor stores and then walk back across the street so it's just one of those things nice well uh so you kind of give us a bit of your history uh at least in the dodgeball scene but um what uh and now we're going into the questions. What makes you qualified to represent the organization USA Dodgeball as an executive board member? Sure. Um, qualified. I, uh, I've been playing dodgeball for a long time, so uh, I'm definitely familiar with uh, with USA Dodgeball and the way that it is sort of structured and sort of works uh, across the country. And uh, I was involved with WeHo Dodgeball, never in an official capacity, but um, you know, it was always uh just like i guess in any other aspect too always uh volunteering to help ref help you know clean up set up whatever um and uh have captained um a few teams here and there captain arsenal uh always captain rec teams um and have just tried to be involved with the community and with uh with the leagues you know as as much as i can um I feel like I've, I've kind of, how do I phrase this? Um, I don't want to say I've been like an influential person in the community. That's not what I'm trying to say. I've, but I've, uh, I've been involved in different regions and different aspects of the dodgeball community for the better part of you know, 13, 14 years now. And I think I've done that by uh, fostering a bunch of relationships with people. Um, you know, I, uh, and just for the most part, being involved uh, with trying to set up and help run tournaments and and things like that. That was a horrible answer. You're good. I, and I mean, the point of these conversations or interviews are for you to sell yourself. So um, don't sell yourself short. And also, I think it is fair to say that you you've been an influencer, even though that may have a kind of a weird connotation now but um you know there are people that right. show up they play and they go home that's it 
And there are people like your like yourself who have volunteered, have refed, understand the dynamics of USA Dodgeball, have gone on to coach Team USA. So um, I'll just kind of throw that out there. So um, for the rest of the, the interview, you know, please keep that in mind. Um, you definitely want to be able to sell your your attributes and, and qualifications. So um, moving on to the next question, uh, what would you consider to be your highest priorities um, if you were to take take the position? Sure. Uh, growth, really. Like that's, I think, especially coming off of the pandemic, uh, you know, with everything being shut down, there's definitely been a contraction of players and of teams uh, across the country, uh, even from the rec level to premier level. Um, we're definitely seeing less people playing now. If that's from sort of people aging out or losing interest uh, or, you know, like myself, uh, I didn't go to uh, as many of the West region tournaments because I've moved across the country. So there's just, there's been, um, you know, a shift in people's priorities too, which, you know, there should be like, as you move in life, you should find different things that you're interested in and that you want to commit to. Uh, so I think the biggest thing that we really need to do is figure out how to get back the numbers that we've lost and also grow the sport a lot bigger than it is right now so that it's not just uh recreational players that then just kind of want to make the jump up to premier um i think one of the the best ways that we can really grow it is uh really expand on our partnership with ncda um that is probably over the last few years the the most uh we're getting the most players that are that are moving up into, you know, our premier league and, and working out uh, with local leagues and and moving across the country. Uh, that's been our, our biggest feeder uh, into, you know, more of the the adult dodgeball scene. Um, I think expanding that either um, either with adding more ball types, uh, getting into more schools um, and just trying to figure out a way to to really grow that into um, a larger organization uh, would really kind of help boost the numbers everywhere. Uh, if you get people who are starting to get involved with uh, outside of the schools that then I think the NCDA has done a great job uh, thus far. Um, and I know that there's been even there's been some people reaching out trying to get NCDA chapters here in Kansas City as well. Uh, so I think, you know, that the more that we can get the that to grow that's really going to feed i think the roots of the entire dodgeball system and then uh uh then just focus on local areas too that don't have uh as substantial of, of a of a presence that they do like there's practically no dodgeball here in kansas city so what organizations can we reach out to uh can we help to uh to really kind of put more of a feeder uh, markets, I guess, into USA Dodgeball, so we can grow the rec, uh, the rec scene as well. Just the more people playing dodgeball, the better. Uh, any any time we can get interest in the sport, um, that's just gonna that's going to help with every aspect and every goal that USA Dodgeball has. So the next question was, what is your plan for eighteen and up in college dodgeball? I feel like you kind of expand upon that so we'll, we'll go ahead and um unless you, you want to reiterate the ncda which i feel like is unnecessary so um 
we'll move past that one and um sure well just to i guess just to expand on it just a touch though uh we did talk about the ncda but you know the there's also the different organizations across the country too that uh that have you know dodgeball leagues in other cities uh, that we can really try to expand those partnerships with uh with it being like stonewall dodgeball or vgl dodgeball um they've really they've been able to grow those local communities a lot better um, I know there's a huge, you know, uh, huge Stonewall presence in D.C., but we're not seeing a lot of those guys jump up into uh, Premier League uh, for whatever reason. Um, and then on the flip side, there's, you know, a huge VGL presence in Portland. And we're seeing the the Pacific Northwest is growing their dodgeball scene, and those guys are making the jump. So try to figure out what the differences are there um, to to what's making people take their personal dodgeball past the rec league and then into the next level too so there there is more there's a lot of seeds that are planted and we just really got have to figure out how to how to really get those to root in and and to grow one thing that seems to be a uh, i don't say trending topic but a hot topic and one thing that could really impact growth is toxicity so a few questions have come up Pretty much asking, how would you address toxicity in the sport? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've noticed that that seems to be a hot topic. Uh, I do have TikTok, so I think uh, it's a really that's a really multifaceted and really complicated question because um, a lot of I think a lot of it is first of all figuring out exactly what people are considering to be toxic behavior, because, I mean, there are some things that are just absolutely cut and dry. You know, if someone is, uh, you know, obviously racist or homophobic or misogynistic, or like those are clearly toxic behaviors. Um, and, and then behaviors like on the court too, as far as, you know, sportsmanship or cheating or whatever. But then some, you know, what some people consider to be toxic, other people might not as well uh, from, I don't know, uh, the way people celebrate or the way that, and that's not a dig at anyone, you know, um, or the way that people, you know, uh, do whatever I, uh, individual behaviors, um, you know, people are like, oh, he's been headhunting. I was like, is he really headhunting or is it, you know, how much of that is just situational? Uh, he, you know, that someone doesn't have a lot of control or whatever, you know, and some, a lot of that is, perspective and personal so to figure out exactly what behaviors we really need to hammer down on is probably the first step in that uh i think having we did have uh, a a disciplinary group or board at one point i'm not sure what quite happened there uh it seems like um, all decisions were kind of just being handled and done by one person um and that's that's not fair to anybody involved um, whether it be the, the offender or, you know, the, the judiciary of it. Uh, so there needs to be, um, a disciplinary board in place to really review any accusations or decisions. Um, and probably some kind of appeal process needs to really be structured and written out as well, uh, in case someone feels that the decision really wasn't, uh, fair. Um, a lot of the behavior though, it does need to start with, uh, with individual people and individual teams, if you see your teammate doing something that you feel is, you know, uh, is toxic in any 
way, shape or form. Like let's, let's, um, be a better, be a better teammate, be a better member of the community. Um, uh, and then, yeah, when those, when we do have, you know, clear video of someone cheating and it's a habitual repeat offender, like let's sit down, let's have like a, an entire, uh, you know, um, an entire process where, Hey, here's the evidence presented against you. We watched it. We tried to get an entire picture of it in context. Um, do you have any kind of explanation for this? Do you, you know, this has happened over, we've had talks about it before we've had, um, we've had, uh, you know, uh, this is a pattern. So let's, uh, here's what the punishment's going to be. And I think that the, the other part of it too, is really having consistent punishments like, Hey, this is someone who it's clear, obvious pattern of cheating. All right. Well, they need to be suspended for whatever the next round is, or, um, you know, or they just need to be suspended for round robin for the next, whatever the case may be. And again, that's not just one person's decision to make, but all of this needs to be a really clear structured process, um, that, uh, that, yeah, that, that that's just totally above board. And so everyone knows exactly where to, where to report people, uh, if need be, and that they know, okay, this is now I've been accused of this and this is going to be the process that I go through. Um, but yeah, I do really think it does start with the individual people, you know, pulling their teammates aside and just being like, Hey, this is this dodgeball doesn't work if people cheat. Uh, the sport just, it has to, it has to have honest play or, or it, it just doesn't function. So, um, yeah, I think it's important that we, that we do lean into it and that we do curb it and figure out a way to just root out the behavior. And if we start losing some players and so start losing some teams because of it, that's probably one of those things that it's just going to make the sport better and stronger and, uh, more accessible to new players. So I understand why it's a hot topic right now, um, especially with the videos and the TikTok and everything that's going on. But it is something that for our sport to to get to the levels, I think not just the myself and the prospective board members that everyone really wants to see it go to. Gotcha. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a hot topic for an issue uh, for a reason. So hopefully, um, you know, the crowd satisfied with these answers that yourself and the other um, candidates are, are providing to show that there is some, you know, thought process going on and, and how to address this. That way it's not a, a permanent thing. Cause that's, that's clearly going to impact growth, which is something else I, I kind of want to shift back to with another, um, what I noticed, I don't want to say training question, but a question I received. Um, and that is what are plans to build up North and South areas? Um, you'd mentioned reaching out to organizations that already exist, partnering more with the NCDA, trying to work on feeder systems. But, um, the second part of the question is they are both struggling with women teams and in the South, we struggle to build consistent men's teams. So you having played in the South might be able to expand upon this a little bit. More. Uh, yeah, uh, I did. I got to play in the South, uh, for a couple of tournaments this year. Um, first of all, South tournaments are great. And we do need to have more people out there because it was a very welcoming uh, atmosphere. Uh, the first tournament that I played in the South this year too was uh, it was a hodgepodge of guys that um, that I'd played with uh, from other regions. To I think um, I think everyone on that team is a former 
West player except for Cody. I think Cody was the only one that was a that was a pure South player. Um and that's you know there and there weren't uh I don't think there were 10 teams there. Um uh, so it's I think I think we really have to figure out what the barrier is from people jumping from rec to premier uh, level. Like what is stopping people from signing up? The, the first question is, are there, are there players there? Are there people that are interested in the sport? Um, and if the answer to that is yes, then it's okay. Well, if we have a bunch of people that are playing rec in uh, Dallas and Austin and new Orleans, et cetera, et cetera, then why aren't those guys going up into the next level? Is it because they've heard that it's too toxic and that there's a lot of cheating and that there's no way they're going to win because um, favoritism or whatever reasons? Then we have to have a concerted effort to, you know, uh, to one, ferret out any of that bad activity, but also to assure them that, no, you come in and, you know, your first tournament, it might not go well. But after that, you know, you learn and you get better and then it becomes you start to uh, fill into this community and it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, and I do think the players are there. So we have to, you know, just figure out the way to get them to uh, to move up as far as finding women. Uh, I think one of the good things that other regions have done, especially uh, I know has been done in uh, L.A. is we probably need to start doing more women's only leagues. Um, if women are uncomfortable to jump into a sport, especially, I mean, some of the guys that are playing that are throwing really hard are also really big guys. And that that's, it's intimidating for anyone. So if, um, if that's what's stopping it from happening uh, and, you know, more talk and, and thought and research needs to go into it, but probably doing some more women's only leagues is the best way to do this and not to harp back on an earlier point, but I know the NCDA is actually doing, uh, doing their no sting women's, um, division for the first time this year, which I think is a phenomenal way to start increasing numbers, uh, at that level too. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's start talking to and talking to the women in the community too. Like, Hey, why aren't your friends playing? Uh, you know, well, they had a bad experience because of whatever, whatever. Okay, well, let's figure out a way to get over that hurdle. And then we can start drawing more women in. Uh, you know, people enjoy playing dodgeball. Um, so it's just, it's just finding, finding the people and finding the trigger to get them to, to finally jump in and actually commit to playing. So um, I, I don't want to necessarily put words in your mouth or, or, um, answer the question for you. But I do want to make sure that we covered your highest priorities. So you mentioned growth as being one of them. Uh, it sounds like toxicity would be a good one as well, but do you have any other priorities that, um, you'd like for us to know about that? You sure. And, and those two are definitely super important. Um, yeah, I got one other, I don't know if it's necessarily saying it's a priority of mine, but one other point that I think I want to make, um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, I got to, I got to coach USA dodgeball this year or coach team USA. Um, and I just want to, I guess, just stress the point that I think, uh, I don't think that USA dodgeball, uh, that the goal of everyone competing, uh, in all of our tournaments and events should be to be on team USA. I don't think that should be the highest priority of USA dodgeball. Um, and I think, uh, because, 
because a lot of the players that are on there are influential members of the community, it's, it's sort of become like the loudest priority. Um, and I think honestly, we should probably be spending maybe 20% of our time uh, really feeding into team USA and 80% of the time should really be strengthening dodgeball in the U S uh, team USA is probably our biggest marketing opportunity that we have every year or every two years now. But, um, but really where, uh, we're going to become a stronger organization is focusing on local leagues and local players a lot more than than the you know 40 or 50 people that get to go compete um at the world championships so just to recap um again priorities are uh, and this isn't like first to last what have you just what you've wanted to discuss so far is growth um obviously toxicity recruitment, focusing on the base, um, nothing is team USA, but you know, they're not the, the main show. They're a great, um, marketing tool, I guess, you know, they're going to have their time. Um, what else do you have? Yeah. Um, and I think just trying to, uh, really start driving, um, some sponsorships and some deals, uh, for all of USA dodgeball as well. Uh, I think some of the partnerships that we've had over the last few years have been really great. Like K- KBS has, uh, you know, taking care of not just Team USA, but a lot of people have put, uh, you know, gotten their uniforms through KBS, which is awesome. Um, but trying to, like, this this is becoming a more and more expensive sport for people to break into. And uh, if we can start figuring out more ways to to really kind of start subsidizing some of these costs, whether it be you know, putting uh, like a blueprint together for people say, hey, here's how you can go find sponsors for your team uh, at the local level, or, you know, um, even trying to figure out ways to get to get deals with maybe some kind of travel companies or something like that. But uh, uh, the more that we can grow the sport, then the more that we can, we can really start proving to these larger, you know, uh, companies or entities or whatever you want to call them into recognizing dodgeball as a sport. And that's what's going to start giving us the, uh, uh, you know, the boost in reputation so that, uh, that people start seeing dodgeball more as, uh, you know, a legitimate full-time sport that people can do. Um, and all of that just feeds into, you know, feeds into each other so that we just keep, yeah, you know, uh, going back to it, keep growing, growing the sport um, from, you know, local to to national and international levels. Gotcha. One of the questions that was asked um, was if for some, if you if you don't win or if you don't uh, end up serving on the board, would you still be willing to assist with the growth and development of of USA Dodgeball and dodgeball in general? No, I'll retire. Uh, I feel like that's a gimme, but that's, that's a good one. What's that? I feel like that's a gimme considering what you've, what you've done so far. Like, why would you stop? But that is definitely something. Yeah. I I, I love dodgeball. I love, I really, um, I've really sucked into this community pretty hard. And, uh, um, that also, I mean, honestly, when I was talking about moving to Kansas city, that was like in the, in the pros and cons, like in the con column, one of the first things was no dodgeball. And, um, uh, it's been, it's been tough not having like a, a consistent league to fall back on. I did end up finding one. Um, uh, and I did I actually hung out with that group last night, which was, uh, incredibly cathartic, but, um, uh, yeah, of course, like I'll still be at tournaments and, uh, I'll still be for any board members that, 
that are on that need, you know, any kind of uh, advice that I can give or help that I can give, or just need to have someone to, uh, you know, to, to bitch and complain to like, that's, that's totally fine. Uh, I've heard, I've already been doing this for 13, 14 years and yeah, I, I can't, I can't imagine really having a, a, a dodgeball free life. So, um, I'll be around for sure. Gotcha. And the last question I have for you is, and this is by no means a dig at the previous, um, past four years, but it was asked. And that is, what is the one thing you want to accomplish that you feel wasn't accomplished for the sport in the next four years? So I'm going to kind of add on that one and just say like, if you could fix one thing like day one, what would that be? Uh, that's a tough question. I just because the biggest thing is I feel like the last four years, the last two years have been so weird. And I feel like we were on a really nice upward trajectory before everything got shut down. Um, I feel like 2019 was a really strong season as far as like numbers of players go and things like that. Uh, but, uh, one thing, um, I'm probably going to end up repeating myself, you know, I'd like, I would like to see, I would like to see more dodgeball content being produced, um, whether that be through USA dodgeball or through individual people. Like, I don't think that we have been able to highlight the sport to the degree of which is totally possible right now. Um, obviously we have a few individual players, um, Vince and Connor, uh, are probably the, the, the top two, as far as like getting incredible dodgeball content out there visually. Um, you know, there's a couple of podcasts that seem to have popped up as well. Uh, shameless plug. And, uh, uh, I think the more eyes we can get on the sport, you know, that's, that's just, what's going to give us uh, stronger roots across, across the board. Um, people, you know, you see the comments on the different Instagram posts and TikToks and everything saying like, Oh, I want to play. I want to play. It's like, okay, then go, then here's, you know, here's a link. Like, let's just, uh, use that content to really drive home. Like you can find a local league. If you can't find a local league, start a local league. Let's, uh, let's put a binder together. So if you want to start a local league, here's the, here's the blueprint. Here's the, uh, the playbook for, for starting that league. And then just like we talked about with everything earlier, getting that local league to get sponsors, to, to grow local then move up into premiere and it all just really feeds on each other. I know I'm kind of repeating myself at this point, but I, I think it's really, um, it's just important to drive that just kind of that message home that, uh, we are going to be the strongest organization possible if our local leagues are strong. And once we start from there, uh, whether it be local rec leagues or, you know, local college leagues, then, then that's really where, where we're going to expand and really become a strong organization um, in the U.S. And then all of that just gives us the strong roots so that that our like dodgeball metaphorical tree grows so that then we have, um, uh, that we're able to just drive the sport internationally as well. Right. Well, that's all the questions I have. Um, again, I, I've received a ton of them. Um, we're just kind of picking the ones that um, best represent what the candidates would like to uh, get out there just in the interest of time. But, um, as we wrap up or prior to doing so, um, are there any last thoughts or closing remarks that you'd like to leave us with? Um, yeah. Uh, 
let's first anyone that actually submitted a question thank you like i think uh i think we're at a really really key pivotal part uh in in our dodgeball organization's life right now uh with not just because we're having a massive change in leadership but um you know rec sports in general uh non-mainstream sports are are growing in popularity and i think it's a really uh important time to capitalize on that and so anyone that's submitting questions or even listening to this podcast like i appreciate you just taking it um taking it that seriously uh because i think all of us that are running for the board um love this sport otherwise we wouldn't be willing to donate so much of our time to making sure that it runs um personally you know I think the biggest uh, the biggest takeaway at the end of this is just that, you know, if you guys do choose to vote for me, I'm absolutely just going to do whatever I can to to put USA Dodgeball first, uh, you know, to not let any personal preferences or biases or whatever come uh, come in between what I think is going to going to be best for USA Dodgeball and for uh, Dodgeball as a sport. So, um Again, thank you for all of you that are listening, that are going to vote. Like, make sure if you vote for me or for whoever, like that it's just the person that that you think is going to uh, represent what you want to see from USA Dodgeball uh, going forward. Um, outside of that, um, what is what do you always say at the end of this? I hope you enjoyed the episode, um, and uh, uh, go vote. Nice. Yep, yeah, believe it at that. Thank <laughs> you.